Wow. <laughs> Thanks to Mia and Rubon for basically sharing my message. <laughs> but you're going to have to sit through it anyway. Yeah. Um, so today, as, as Warwick was leading, he talked about Moses. And if you look at your newsletter, there's also a burning bush on your newsletter. So no prizes for guessing what I'm talking about today. Um, but as I started thinking about the story of Moses, I realised it's a huge story and I've just got a little bit of time. So I'm not going to go through all the details. Um, but probably the story of Moses is something that most people are fairly familiar with to some extent. But I was thinking about it today in the context of the trouble and the triumph, I guess. We've heard about that today, thinking, you know, what are the troubles that are happening and what are the triumphs and how can we see that happen in Moses' story? So I guess I was looking at some of the big ticket items. If you're thinking about the trouble that Moses was, that came about for Moses, first of all, there was trouble even before Moses existed. So his birth created a big trouble. Um, probably not as so much for him, but very much so for his family at that time. So at his birth, um, Pharaoh had made a decree that all of the baby boys at that time were to be killed um, because Pharaoh had a belief that he may be overpowered at that time. So his family went through the process of trying to hide Moses for three months. I don't know, I haven't had a child, but three months of trying to hide a crying baby, I think, would be quite a task. And I don't think the walls were really that thick at that time either, so good job for them. So that was the first trouble. The second trouble that really stood out to me was the fact when we fast forward a few more years into Moses' life and we found out that he killed someone. That's the trouble. Um, so Moses killed an Egyptian and out of his desire to protect the people that he was aligned with. And that trouble led to Moses fleeing the countryside and was basically trying to avoid getting in trouble um, and being killed by Pharaoh. So those were the two big troubles that I, I, had, I looked at. And then if we look at the triumphs as well, there's some big ticket items there. So, you know, Moses was successful in convincing Pharaoh to let his people go out of slavery and he led them to freedom. That's a big deal. And Moses also parted the sea with his staff and he did many miracles. Big deal. But I guess what stood out for me the most and what I'm going to talk about today is the troubles and triumphs that Moses had that was more of an ordinary nature. So I became aware that Time and time again, Moses struggled with the trouble of anxiety. He struggled with the fear and the need to avoid tough situations. But he also was triumphed. He triumphed in turning himself towards God to listen faithfully and to obey. So I guess the reason why I call those things ordinary is because I think that this is something that everybody experiences. 
I mean, I like to avoid tough situations. Um, I'm sure we all would like to be living in that safe space a lot of the time. But I'm also quite often challenged to make a decision to be faithful and to obey God. So the part of the story where this is so well illustrated, I feel, is in the story of the burning bush. So let's, I'm just going to read Exodus chapter 3. Verse 1 to 4. This is the Amplified Bible, by the way. So Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back or the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb or Sinai, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, yet was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. So using that story, I'm going to pick up on the the theme of the trouble of avoidance and the triumph of turning towards God. So in the context here, we see that while Moses is out keeping the flock, the reason why he was out keeping the flock is because he ran away. So he ran away and he was being avoidant of the consequences of what his actions and behaviour was back in Egypt. He also ran away for fear the fear of being killed by Pharaoh. It's a pretty understandable fear. But it was here, in the wilderness, in Moses' avoidant situation, where God spoke to him. And he spoke to him in a very dramatic way. I don't really know if anyone else has seen any burning bushes. I haven't, certainly haven't. But Moses would have been out in that wilderness thinking he was going to have an ordinary day. And behold, out pops a burning bush. I'm interested to know, though, that how how is it that God speaks to you? Have you had a burning bush moment? What's the most dramatic way God has spoken to you? And what's the most subtle way God has spoken to you? I'm just going to share with you a little bit about one of those burning bush moments that I had encountered. So if we rewind back a few years, um, when I'd first finished university, I imagined that after finishing uni, I would go out on an adventure. I had a new degree under my belt. Um, I had a desire to go out, make my own way, find an adventure. Um, And so therefore I played, applied for a whole range of jobs in Adelaide and outside and even overseas, which is a bit scary. Um, But within that, I I was kind of putting my eggs in lots of different baskets, just casting my net very broadly. 
Some jobs I thought were definitely within my comfort zone. I could see that I could do that, not too bad, and I could get paid for it, which is amazing. Other jobs I felt, mm, it's outside of my scope, but we'll see what happens. So, the job that I got offered an interview for, initially I was quite excited about, it was up in the Riverland um, in Barrie, and on the day of the interview I drove from Adelaide using my GPS to Barrie because I didn't know where it was. <laughs> I'd never been there before. And on the way there, the trip there, I just had all these imagination, visions about, you know, thinking about how good it would be to be a new graduate, moving out of the city, going back to the country where I grew up, not that country, a different country, but, you know, having the ability to make new friends and find a new church and maybe find a husband who was a farmer and get married and settle down and have kids and all of these things were going through my mind and I wasn't really focusing on the interview, I was focusing on the lifestyle. <laughs> anyway, reality started to set in a little bit because part of my, my vision was about I'm going to live in the country which means I can have horses and ponies and all the beautiful things that would just be outside my back door. That was what I was looking for. And who's driven up to the Riverland? It's pretty dry. <laughs> it's not very green, and that was a big disappointment for me. Growing up in Narracourt, where it is cold and green and trees and beautiful greenness, I had the, this vision that the Riverland would be the same, but it's not. On the way there, I was thinking, the trees are getting smaller, the grass is getting browner, and all the ground is getting rockier. Loxen is, is not too bad. <laughs> so I was, I was kind of grappling with that. It was challenging my, my vision of what things would be like. And then I drove into the township of Barry, and yeah, it was not too bad. Um, the biggest thing that kind of got to me was I drove past the courthouse. And at the courthouse, it doesn't, it doesn't work every day, but on that day, it was sitting. So there were lots of people gathering around the courthouse, milling about, um, and I had this idea that, or well, kind of understanding, those were the people that I would be working with. And I saw that. And I thought, oh, I can't do that. That's too scary. <clears throat> and at that time, my, my vision really became doubts. I thought, who am I to be just fresh out of uni, trying to work with families and difficulties and problems and trauma and... How am I going to come up with anything new and helpful for these people that they haven't already tried? So anyway, I avoided that and went to have lunch. <laughs> so over lunch, I guess I was trying to manage my own 
anxiety that had just popped up and that I wasn't really prepared for. I was having lunch and it was a beautiful place. It was just across, sitting across the riverbank. And really in that moment, I just complained. I complained to God that this isn't the time and the place that I need to be here. I don't think I have the skills to be able to work with these people. I can't do it. I'm little, I'm young, I'm inexperienced. And the other complaining that I had with God was even the ground is not green. It's not hospitable for horses to be living here. So why would you expect me to be here because it's incompatible with what I want? It was in that moment that I realised God took that moment where I had invited him in to my complaining and he spoke to me in that moment. And that was the burning bush moment. He didn't give me a burning bush as Moses received one. But as I looked up and across the riverbank, what I saw was a little white pony grazing on the green grass on the other side of the riverbank. And that really challenged me. Before seeing that, I was literally going to get back in my car and drive back to Adelaide. Not a good professional move. <laughs> but there was no kind of ration, rationalisation going on there for me. So that was the moment that God said, I can see that you've turned to me and I can't promise everything's going to be okay but I can promise that I can hear you and we can do this together. So he asked me to trust him, to trust that he would provide for my needs. So if you look back to the story of Moses, this helped me realise what was going on there in that triumph. The verse 3 and 4 says, And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned up. And when the Lord said he had turned aside to and when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. So what these verses are saying is that Moses purposely turned towards the bush with interest. Let's go and see this great sight. Before God spoke to him, Moses therefore had to position himself differently. He needed to reorientate himself and he also needed to deviate away from what he was planning to do. He was planning to have a day of tending sheep and he had to put that to one side and go, actually, no, this is where I'm going to go. So the triumph in that moment was that Moses made the decision not to go down the continued path of avoidance but to rather turn himself to God to seek out more. If only for a brief moment. So it seems so simple. I'm sure that we all struggle with fear and we all struggle with the desire to live in avoidance. But why don't we simply position ourselves towards God to hear and to know him better. Sounds like a pretty simple concept. 
So I guess I have an idea about one thing that gets in the way of doing that. And I just wanted to check that out with you. So what I'm going to ask you to do now is something a little bit interactive. Um, it's nothing scary. I won't ask you to do anything difficult and I won't ask you to leave your seat so you can rest assured. But what I would like you to do is to pay careful attention and respond to my instruction. Is everyone ready? Okay. I'd like you to lift your right hand and hold it on your head and then take your left index finger and hold it on your guys, nose. Guys, guys, really have you seen like this YouTube you clip? It's a cat and, and, and it's sitting on a vacuum toes. cleaner and riding around the room. It's a robotic... Robot. James, what are you doing? I'm just telling the guys about this YouTube clip I saw the other day. It's hilarious. It's You're a cat being... on a vacuum cleaner and... Incredibly distracting. Please sit down. Oh, okay. Okay, sorry. Who got through all of those instructions? <laughs> a few people? Well done. Distraction. Okay, so that's what I'm talking about here. Distraction. I was talking about something very simple. Why don't we orientate ourselves towards God? It's a simple concept. James, thank you for highlighting distraction and YouTube videos. <laughs> so I think despite our intention of focusing on God, hearing from him, we often get distracted and you know, we find that there's lots of barriers that pull our attention away, catch us off guard. Like James, I guess you weren't expecting him to pop up and start talking about cats on vacuum cleaners. And then those things compete for our attention. The next little bit, I'm going to ask you to do something as well. So I want you to pay careful attention and to join in with me with this one. Okay. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap and then your hands. This huge... if and then I was looking on Facebook the other day. And, really and my friend is in New Zealand right now. And you know it, clap your and hands. And you should see the snow on the mountains. Shut up, James. <laughs> <laughs> Who got through the song? Yeah, okay. So, why was the second instruction easier? You knew the song, you knew what was coming. Yep. Anyone else? Why was it easier to live, to listen? Did it together. Absolutely. Yeah. It was much louder than Yeah. So the combined effort of everybody drowned out the distraction. Anyone else? You're ready for it. Absolutely. You're prepared. Yeah. All right. So those are the principles, I guess that I'm thinking about, you know, our job is to, to focus on God. Distraction comes in, but it's easier when we know that distraction will come. And it's also easier when we're familiar with the tune or familiar with what we're being asked to do. So I guess distraction is a thing that I think... Satan is probably a master at. Um, he's very good at deception and distraction. 
No way does he want us listening to God. But when we're prepared for the distraction, we can prepare and train ourselves to remain focused and positioned towards God. And I think what we were saying before, as in the discussion, that we were able to focus more on the second instruction because it was familiar. We knew the tune, we knew what was going on, we knew what was coming. And the same is true for when we're listening to God. If we're trying to listen to his voice, it is easier when we are familiar with his voice. The more time that we spend listening, the easier that it becomes. And we can become familiar to know his voice and recognise it despite the distraction. I think we've already heard this verse before, but in John 10, 14, it says, I am the good shepherd, and I know and recognise my own, and my own know and recognise me. So having that familiarity with the voice of God is helpful in our ability to zone out from those descriptions. So where are we up to in the story? So as a recap, Moses ran away from Egypt in an attempt to protect himself from trouble, and he was exercising a really good skill of avoidance due to his fear. However, the first triumph for Moses in the burning bush story was that he turned aside, he turned his attention towards God and away from his own plan and in that moment he made a conscious decision to focus on God and then he was able to do what God called him to. So we're going to read the next little bit of the story in Exodus 3, 5 to 11 to see Then what happens? So God said, do not come near. This is when he is in the the burning bush. Put your shoes off your feet, for the place on which you stand is holy ground. And also he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters and oppressors. For I know their sorrows and sufferings and trials. I have come down to deliver them out of the hand and the power of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a land good and large and land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jesuite. Now behold, the cry of of the Israelites has come to me, and I have also seen how the Egyptians oppress them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring forth my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? So even though Moses heard from God, there was more trouble, and this time the trouble came in the form of fear. So Moses doubted, and we've heard about that doubting as well today. He doubted his own abilities and his qualifications, and in his mind he was likely thinking about, firstly, he hasn't had good experiences with Pharaoh He's run away. He has no power, no authority in the natural. 
But the triumph here was that Moses chose to obey God, obey God despite his present fears. He went where God told him to go. He did as God asked him to do. And there were so many moments of obedience to God that each one of them required another step of faith in the midst of fear. So I want to share with you a little bit more about my story here. We got up to the part where I was threatening God that I was going to run away, I'm going to get my car and not come back. But it was in that moment where God spoke to me, I had a choice and a decision to make. And really, acknowledging my fear with God there was a helpful thing. But my concern and my worries were still present. They didn't go away. I guess I knew that I needed to leave it in God's hand and offer what little I had. So I attended the interview and I fumbled my way through every single question. Afterwards, I phoned my mum quite happy and at peace. and I said, there's no way I'm ever going to get that job. (laughs) Yeah, I got the job. (laughs) And then for the next few years, I fumbled and I bumbled my way through. I had no choice but to trust God because I didn't have the skills to be doing what I was doing. But I had to trust that he would sustain me in that environment and give me the skills, counsel and faith that I required. I can identify with Moses. I was troubled by doubt. I wanted to run away and hide. I wanted to stay in a, stay in a safe place and be comfortable. I complained, I had excuses, and I responded by threatening God to run away. But God promised to equip me as he promised to equip Moses. And he did. He equipped me with close friendships, a church family, the development of skills, knowledge and experience. And all through that, I remained scared of my inabilities, and I still do. But the triumph, I think, here is in the ordinary day in, day out, relying on God in the midst of that fear and putting faith in him to sustain us. So while I was learning about God's ability to sustain me, at the same time, I know that he was also hearing the deep desires of my heart. We fast forward now, a number of years to right now, I know that God has graciously provided me with a husband who isn't technically a farmer, (laughs) but I think he is on the weekends. (laughs) So he herds the cows and he chops the wood and it's all very, very helpful. We are also living in a place that is so lush and so green that it all ends up trapped through the house. And in amongst all the wildlife and animals we live with the horses out the back. With that comes creepy crawlies inside, mice and rats and an odd snake. But the blessing is there. So I guess in just thinking about everyone else here and myself at this moment, is there things that cause you fear? 
that make you want to run away, avoid, ignore. I guess I would want to remind you and us today to turn ourselves towards God. In the middle of those fears and troubles, what makes it possible for us to turn towards God and trade our trouble for triumph is the grace of Jesus. So with that grace that comes from Christ, we are actually boldly able to approach God as his children. We have been reconciled to God through Jesus, who is the king of trading troubles for triumphs. Jesus conquered death. He therefore is able to conquer all the other little things underneath that, fear, anxiety, trouble, doubt. God may not make those things disappear, but if we look away from all that distract us and look to Jesus, we are able to hear God speaking. He ministers to us, comforts us. And through his Holy Spirit, we are not overcome with fear. We are then able to choose to be obedient to God, knowing that his perfect love casts out all fears. I'm just going to read a few verses from Romans 5, 3 to 6. Moreover, let us also be full of joy now. Let us exult and triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produce patient and unswerving endurance. And endurance develops maturity of character. And character of this sort produces the habit of joyful and confident hope of eternal salvation. Such hope never disappoints or deludes or shames us, for God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. While we were yet in weakness, powerless to help ourselves, at the fitting time Christ died for the ungodly. So Christ is able to turn our troubles into patience, endurance, good character and hope. So I guess my thinking and my hoping is today is that when we think about the story of Moses and that burning bush, that we will know that trouble will come. But we will also know that triumph will come as we walk faithfully with God. And I hope and pray that The story of Moses can encourage you in your faith walk today. Thanks.